0: Welcome, welcome, welcome. It's time for another dueling reviews, and as always, I am here, and Matthew is here, and we are reviewing a brand new book. Or in this eh, and this case we're reviewing a brand new book that just happens to be the last book in the series of course, we're talking about Garth Ennis's Derek Robertson's The Boys, issue number 72, that came out this week from Dynamite Entertainment. Um, yeah, 72, the last one. Yep. Now, Six I will admit, years. I have not been reading this book in, I don't know, 60 issues or so. I don't know, <laughs> something like that. I read it off and on through the 40s, I think. Yeah. And then I stop, but you've been reading it nonstop. This has been one of your favorite books, hasn't it?
1: Oh yeah. This is month after month. This is a read that I'm really, really excited about. Even when it's not great, sometimes it's not even good. It's still a good read. And I don't know how to explain that other than sometimes a bad comic is fun too.
0: Just like uh, stinky cheese. Exactly. So, uh, this being the final issue, um, it is a an attempt to wrap up the series in a way that has some kind of a conclusion. And I guess as far as conclusions go, this is certainly one way to do it. I think if people are coming into this going, oh, I've read The Poise on and off for years, I'll pick this up and get a fantastic story that uh, answers everything for me. And I think if you did that, you're <laughs> probably going to be wrong.
1: You're going to be very disappointed because even last issue which is really the end of the story arc, the Mm -hmm. end of the storyline, wasn't that.
0: It wasn't satisfying?
1: No, it wasn't the big wrap-up. The fascinating thing is, well, throughout the last year or so, the butcher, Billy Butcher, has gone even further off the rails than usual. Right. And he he ended up murdering all of the boys, with the exception of Wee Huey. He killed the Frenchman and the female. He killed Mother's
0: Milk. And why did he do that? I mean, weren't they all working on the same team?
1: Yes. Um, Butcher, uh, because of an old grudge against the superheroes, um, the death of his wife, Mm -hmm. had set up a bomb that would basically turn anyone infected with compound V, the substance that gives the superheroes their powers, into a walking bomb. Now, that would include himself and all the members of the boys. Huey figured it out. Mother's Milk figured out that Huey figured it out. Mother's Milk went to fight him and got killed. Mm. then Butcher blew up their headquarters to take them out of the picture so that he could kill all the superhumans and only Huey survived. I see. Their big climactic battle actually kind of took place off panel. That was the best part in between issues. We saw a little bit of Huey and Butcher's conflict at the end of one issue, and then the next issue we jumped ahead to the two of them basically badly injured on the observation deck. Of the uh, Empire State Building. So it's definitely a deconstruction of the big punchy punchy superhero fighty fighties.
0: Oh, sure. But I mean, uh, the superheroes are still around, right? Do they Some still are, have yes. superpowers or have they, uh, has Compound V worn its way out of them?
1: Many of them were killed. Okay. Uh, the Homelander, who was the Superman analog, mm-hmm. uh, the Batman analog. A lot of them were killed because the Homelander was trying to take over the world. And the ones that are left do still have powers, but most of the ones that are left are also complete jackwagons. Not that any of them weren't, but these are the ones who were vaguely useless jackwagons.
0: Yeah. So So that's this is basically, in the way that it comes, comes across for me, is this is an epilogue. And very much so I. I'm going to hazard the guess that this could have been done in issue 71 and made 71 a double sized issue and wrapped it up, because by itself, this is like, oh, I waited a month for this. That's kind of how it felt to me. And again, I haven't been reading this now. You're the one that's been reading this uh, uh, nonstop. So is that how you kind of felt?
1: Well, up to a point except in as much as The Boys has always been kind of a deconstruction of the comics industry as much as a deconstruction of the superhero tropes that it uses. Mm -hmm. And the fact, you know, if you look at the cover, it's all the superheroes going down the toilet. Yeah, Yeah, that is That is, you know, not exactly a veiled metaphor. I think this issue being what it is, is an intentional middle finger at the expectation that that last issue is going to be the big fighty fighty punchy punchy everybody you know punches time and then Mm -hmm. superboy prime flies out i think that this is a definite attempt to undermine the tropes of comic book storytelling and the expectation that that last issue should be all about action and closing up the arcs because this isn't really about closing anything off there are some endings here But there are actually more beginnings in this story than there are endings.
0: Yeah, I mean, we see Wee Huey, he's still in New York. They're uh, rebuilding the uh, Brooklyn Bridge. Um, Mm -hmm. and They have completed the rebuilding of the Brooklyn Bridge. Um, And I guess they've made a couple of references to, what was it, one of the Bush elections? Mm -hmm. So this really takes place, if you think about it, In a very short, compressed amount of time, even though we've read it over six years, this has really taken place over the course of three or four years.
1: Yeah, it's it is, I believe, 2008 at this point in that story. And they actually uh, there was a president. In between in this reality, George Mm -hmm. Bush, who does exist, George W. Bush,
0: Mm -hmm.
1: and uh, they, they refer to Obama running for president in this issue. Yeah, uh, The president was also killed in the, the
0: Takeover ongoing
1: story of the boys. Yeah, yeah. so and then the vice president turns out to be a schmuck.
0: Uh, Wee Huey confronts... Um, the man who, from Void American. Yeah. The, the, I the think people that made Compound name.
1: V. Right. But this particular character, for a very long time, never had a name. He was like Cigarette Smoking Man. Mm-hmm. And I, I just like him as the man from Void American.
0: And that's basically how they still kind of refer to him. He's the corporation. Mm-hmm. And uh, basically, Huey, Huey says, you know, if you screw around with these superheroes again, I'm going to blow it all up and all the superheroes with them. Yep. Yeah. And the first time
1: I see any of your flying arseholes anywhere near the defense industry.
0: Yeah, because yeah. they're wanting to. S- Which, so the idea was that they're trying to sell the supers out to governments. Yes.
1: Right, they were selling the supers. They were trying to weaponize the mm-hmm. superhumans, and the fact that they couldn't throughout the series was basically due to the fact that everybody who wanted to be a superhero was kind screwed of screwed up. Jackass. Oh
0: yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I mean, I remember that early on where it's like they're just raping people and a lot of a yeah. lot of sex, a lot of violence. In fact, Wee um, Huey Huey's girlfriend uh, got the yeah. uh, the brutal front end of that uh, when she applied yeah. to the uh, Justice League the equivalent. Set. The seven? the seven.
1: Uh, And, you know, you you feel bad for her, and she's about the only one.
0: Kind of, and and to an extent, I guess, we, Huey, who has to go through all this, I mean, he, from the very beginning, was not, um, it wasn't his choice to get into this. It was kind of thrown in front of him, and he has been an unwilling participant. Uh, To an extent, he was an unwilling participant for a long way, and it seems like as we get to this uh, final issue, he's kind of grown up and become the not-so-nice Simon Pig that, we, uh, that we've that we known all our lives and has become pretty much kind of a badass.
1: And that was kind of the point. And, it, you know, he actually realized in the end of the previous arc that Butcher didn't bring him into the boys because he was a badass. Butcher brought him into the boys because he was a good man and it was his job to stop Butcher. hmm he basically brought Huey in with the intention that if he ever went fully around the bend, Huey would be the one who would be, you know, a good enough man to come and stop him.
0: Yeah. And he did. So that was kind of foreshadowing. He
1: did. Sort of. Kind of.
0: Yeah. Yes. Um, so I don't know who Susan Rayner is and why she is running for senator.
1: Susan Rayner was the head of the CIA. OK. She was Butcher's boss. And throughout the series. Basically, anytime Butcher would go to visit her, they would have angry sex. And ah, OK. She, she is a married woman who mm. was sleeping with Butcher. And, of course, the recording that plays during her big uh, pep rally is a recording of her having sex yeah, with yeah, yeah. Butcher.
0: Well, I kind of figured that, that she was having sex with somebody, <laughs> especially when it's And like... then the plane flies over with a yes. banner that says Susan Rayner is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean it's funny as heck. And I and, and and it's a great little uh FU moment. In fact, you know, um Huey multiple times in this issue is uh giving the finger to people when he's handing over the compound to um the corp the corporate guy, he's holding yeah, it in a way yeah. that the middle finger is, is prominent. When you see him again um looking across the river at um uh well I guess that's not his middle finger I guess it's his index finger but it almost looks like he's giving the middle finger uh, across the river uh to uh to what's going on uh and it just keeps going and going and going you know it, I, I think that's that those kind of little hidden moments are very well done um the corporate guy is basically saying hey our drug is all cleaned up and we're cleaning up our image don't worry everything's good and then he goes and meets the new supers that they're going to unvi- <laughs> unveil. And you've got uh KKK man and you've got, um,
1: well, they're, they're all basically, they're wearing featureless white suits, identical suits. Mm-hmm. And the thing that's interesting, and I don't know if this is a shot at Mark Miller or not, they're wearing the suit that Mark Miller's oh, yeah, nemesis. For
0: nemesis. Yeah, yeah. yeah,
1: But, um, it's, it's quite clear that the guy in the, Pointy mask is actually the deep from the seven. Oh, okay. These are just the repurposed. Yeah. And that's old heroes.
0: Isn't that. And, and again, if, if uh, NS is poking fun at Miller, that's perfect because um, his character was basically uh, the Batman equivalent, right? All dressed in white, but gone totally insane.
1: Yeah. And the whole thing of it, even the man for Void American, Says at the end, we need something that just isn't the same stuff all yeah. dressed up.
0: Yeah. And kind of and like he comic And he books.
1: has his – the first moment we see of him having emotion, I think, in the whole series is after that where he kind of – he almost breaks down and he leans on the window and just talks mm-hmm. about
0: bad product. Yeah, because he knows that it's the same crap because he points him out. He's like, well, that one's clearly – so and so, that one's, that one's play, live the, the deep, that one's got an erection, and he's basically like, these are the same problems that, that we're just trying to, straws. that we're totally trying to whitewash and make everyone believe that they're brand new again.
1: Mm-hmm. And again, I think that that's as much a statement on the current state of comic books mm-hmm. as it is on the superheroes of this world. But of course, the issue does make me happy by ending with Huey. Meeting and in the shadow of the Brooklyn Bridge, meeting up with Annie January. Right. His longtime sort of off and on, on again, off again, girlfriend.
0: Now he knows that she was a member of the seven, knows all of her backstory and everything. Okay. And he's He's totally forgiven her.
1: Butcher showed him the video and they had a very, very large, several 12, 15, 20 issue fight and separation because of who she was and what she did. And Mm -hmm. now I think they finally come to terms with one another.
0: Well, you had even mentioned in um, in this week's Major Spoiler Staff Picks, you had said mm-hmm. that you had hoped that this kind of ended with a, with a happy ending with uh, Annie and Wee Huey, and it does. I mean, here's this moment where they've kind of basically forgiven each other. They're mm-hmm. going to make a commitment to one another, and very much like we saw in the very first issue where Wee Huey and his then-girlfriend were spinning around in Central Park um, mm-hmm. or near the Brooklyn Bridge or wherever it was taking place, uh, we see that— Scott. Oh, okay. Uh, we see the exact same thing happening here, and we Huey having that moment of "Oh my gosh, this is all so familiar," and then everything just moves on and is happy. Right.
1: Well, it can't. A train couldn't run through because Butcher actually convinced <laughs> Huey to kill the A train. <laughs> yes,
0: I remember that, but I mean the the same kind of horrific. Here I am holding yeah. my dead girlfriend's arms, uh, yeah. while she's just a stain on the sidewalk. Um, And it
1: ends with them kissing mm -hmm. in the shadow of the reconstructed Brooklyn Bridge. And I'm like, okay, we're good.
0: Yeah. And to an extent, I mean, that's a nice little happy ending um, that you get. And so if you're looking for a happy ending in comics, this certainly is a moment of happiness. Now, we don't know Mm -hmm. what's going to happen next. Um, And we're going to, you know, obviously, Ennis is leaving that up to the uh, reader's imagination to hope that they just live happily ever after exactly
1: well and i don't think anybody lives happily ever after but what we are what we're left with is a world where that superhuman threat that butcher was worried about has been pretty well devastated
0: Mm -hmm.
1: huey still has he's not as brutal as butcher but he still has control of one side of the situation in the same way butcher did yeah you know rayner isn't isn't going to be Politically gaining from the horrible things that she did and the people that she murdered and shoved under a bus. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of a mixed happy ending for everybody. We, you know, the man from Void American, he, even though his company has rebranded themselves as American Consolidated. <laughs> yeah. And his book. <laughs> I don't know if that's his. There's a point where he's reading a book and I can't. Or tell one of his one of his lackeys his, his are biography. Yeah. Well, I, I think that's actually his biography, and it's entitled "I Saw It Coming."
0: Uh, well, no, if you look on the back cover, that's that's somebody else, totally all to you know, so, somebody totally different.
1: Interesting. Hard to say. Who knows? Yeah, um, it could be. Man, we do like Batman.
0: There are a couple of um, you know, there's a couple of pinups in here of uh, Butcher and uh, Wee Huey, and. Oh, really of everyone, because you see uh, um, Mother's Milk okay. and, the, and the Frenchman uh, in yep. there as well. And then you get a complete cover gallery of all of the issues, yep. which is kind of nice Including the
1: those. weird alternate covers that were so hard to find. Mm-hmm. Dynamite's alternate covers are apparently distributed by elves in the dead of night.
0: <laughs> I think it has to do with the amount of orders that you get. Like they have a 1 in 250 variant cover often times they've got those okay. risque covers on some of their books Risque, risque.
1: not on the boys oh uh, well no
0: no no not a, well i mean there's as, that...
1: much as the, the actual covers of the boys are pretty risque yeah yeah, yeah. Of them, so. but, they,
0: but they do have those risque covers for like the deja Thoras and the red Sonias and and some of those yeah. um
1: and I, it's interesting to go back and look at those and remember the stories that led us to where we are yeah you know with a, a, a haze and maybe Maybe some nice <laughs> la,
0: la, la, past. <laughs> I think for seen? me, though, I've only read the boys in trade. I've not really read single issues except for the review copies that Dynamite sends us. So I really haven't. You know, I really when I get a review copy that's electronic, I'm usually not paying attention to the cover that much. But seeing them all here together, I do remember seeing these in solicitations uh, and up on the website and, and other places. So, you know, it's not like these are totally foreign Ah, uh, but you're right. It is kind of nice to go back and look at some of them, and they're not in order. Or, well, I guess uh, there's all the variants are, come after seventy two, right?
1: The variants are there, and you see your regular issue, and then the variant with oh, okay. it, and then when you get to the end, you see the HeroGasm, mm-hmm.
0: the Wii, oh, okay. Wii limited okay. series, okay. and right, those what those are. Series. Okay, because I knew I had yeah. seen some of those somewhere before. Cool. Yeah,
1: the HeroGasm series came out in like two thousand six or seven.
0: Oh no, no, no! I think it came out a little bit later than that. Seven or eight, maybe? Well, at some
1: point in the past.
0: in the past it did come out. So I wonder now, now. looking back at 72 issues and everything that Ennis has done in this, do you think that DC has any regrets of punting this series?
1: Not even a sausage. Because uh, this, honestly, I think that this book would not have been what it ended up being if it stayed with... Well, they were initially with Wildstorm, and I want to say it was right about – it was right about the time when the Wildstorm books – or when Wildstorm was picked up from DC. I don't know.
0: I I think Um, it was only like six issues in, if I remember. Yeah, issue six
1: was the last one, and they canned it, and then it picked up with issue seven at Dynamite.
0: Yeah. Which was a cool – I mean, that's a cool thing. I mean, just for the fact that DC was gracious enough to say – you know what, we're not touching this with a 10-foot pole, but uh, Garth Ennis will allow you to take this and go to another company and print it there. It was pretty cool because basically that's DC saying, here other company, go make money with this if you want.
1: Well, and part of the reason that I think this was a problem was the same reason that the authority was a problem, is that it it was biting the hand that fed them.
0: Mm, DC
1: is printing your book, and your book is all about Analogs of Superman, Batman, and Wonder Woman being, you know, a bastard, a mutant yeah, yeah, yeah. killer, and a, a horror, rapist. You
0: know. Yeah, yeah.
1: You, you can't necessarily. Well, you can, but it's difficult to do that and explain it to the, you know, the people who pay the bills.
0: <laughs> yeah. Why are we printing this Plus, again? Because it sells. Exactly. It sells it's hard, big it's time. It's hard for me to
1: imagine that it's been three years since one of the greatest comic stories I've ever read. La plume de mes est sous la table. The origin of the Frenchman, mm-hmm. which, you know, was issue 36 or 37. So it really doesn't seem like it's been forever and forever, forever. It's been six years or a little over six years. What was the break in between? Yeah. And, you know, it, this is a book that I kind of got used to reading every month and I mm-hmm. feel like I don't. I don't hate that it's over because I love when a book has an ending.
0: Right. And this That's one does have like an ending. It's just not canceled. That's the nice thing.
1: Yeah. That's what I like about Preacher. That's what I like about, you know, the Sandman. I like a book that has a beginning, a middle, and an end, and you don't have to keep dragging it out because there's no way that Billy Butcher could spend 50 years like Peter Parker seemingly getting into the same scrapes and then getting back out of them and five years later being right back in high school or college. Right. You know, this book doesn't have that kind of thing. And I like the fact that it ended badly for everybody. Mm -hmm. But I I hate the fact that everybody died, but I can't see any other way that this book could have ended. Yeah, There is no way that this book could have ended well for, you know, the female. And the fact that at the moment of their death, Frenchie got to tell her that he loves her and he's always loved her. Mm -hmm. And then they explode and die. That's awesome to me. I like that moment. I like the fact that, you know, you, you the characters get a moment to be pretty awesome and then terrible things happen. And at the end, Huey is the only one left standing.
0: I'm also glad, you know, not only is this a an ending and a um, seeming natural ending or a happy ending, depending on how you want to want to look at it. Um, mm-hmm. But considering the success of this book, and I'm going back the last six months and looking at the uh, top 300 comics sold in the direct market from uh, Diamond. The boys always is in the upper half of the uh of the listing. And I say upper half meaning anywhere from, you know, 170 to 130 in that in that range. So it's always, you know, it's not down there at the bottom. It's not number 227. Uh it's not mm-hmm. Orchid, it's not um Kirby Genesis Captain Victory, which is another dynamite book. It's certainly not uh <laughs> Uh,
1: why are you calling out the bottom five,
0: man? Well, I'm just saying. Here are the other ones that uh, Dynamite has at the bottom of their list: Ninjets. Um, it's nice that Dynamite is not saying, "Well, Garth Ennis, if you're tired of writing this book, we'll get someone else to write this book." And I know that it's it's creator owned, um, and and that's probably part of the reason why they they're not trying to force it to be longer than it needs to be.
1: Oh, that's shoutouts autobiography. It even says so on the cover. Which one? Okay, never mind. The book that he was reading, that is the book. Shout Out was the character who, back in the day, was thrown out of the Teen Titans analog and basically blamed for whatever brought them down for their their publicity problems Oh, and was outed as as gay and basically used as their scapegoat.
0: Mm. That was like in the first or second arc, wasn't it?
1: Yeah, it was. I seem to remember that, Yeah. yeah. It would have been right before the point where Huey ended up going undercover as an X-Man.
0: Now, I, I remember that. Um, that was a good issue. Art-wise.
1: I was confused by this issue. It's been a long time since Derek Robertson has been the regular penciler. Mm-hmm. The, the interiors have been done for a very long time, like 17, 18 issues, I think, maybe longer by Russ Brown. So in that first panel, I'm seeing Huey as drawn by Derek Robertson. I'm like, man, Huey's put on weight.
0: <laughs> and well, then, it is, then that first it is shot, like six months, isn't it? Doesn't it? Isn't the six months after the last say issue? six months later? So, you yeah. know, maybe he's let himself go a little bit.
1: It's possible. And then there's a shot where he's looking over the top of his sunglasses, and I'm just like, oh, that's creepy. Yeah, but it settles into itself. There's nothing here that is impossible to deal with. The most difficult part for me is after a year or two of uh, Russ Brown's rendition of the characters,
0: mm-hmm.
1: recognizing immediately who everybody is. Yeah. who You know, the first time I see the man from Void American, he has a slightly higher hairline when he's drawn by Derek Robertson, although it may be six months later. <laughs> you know, you go through the whole thing and you see the characters and you're like, OK, wait. OK, that is clearly who that's supposed to be. Yeah, Yeah. yeah. And that's the deep who's not Aquaman.
0: Uh, not a fan of the art personally. Well,
1: Derek's art is very, very stylized. People have really, really tall heads. Yeah, um, and the eyes are very, very strange in a lot of situations. Well, but
0: see the the art uh, under art it says art by Derek Robertson with Richard P. Clark, and I don't know who Richard Clark is if he you know, we've seen before in other books where you will have a lead artist who goes in and basically roughs everything out and gives you the thumbnails right. You do some and breakdowns. then, yeah. And then you give it to somebody else who goes in and actually f- cleans it up and fine tunes it. So I don't know if that's what's going on here, but, um, some of the inks look very heavy. And of course, that's a complaint that I always have with dynamite books is the inking seems to be a little harsh, um, mm-hmm. and overly done, um, here, even more so, um, yeah, I don't know. Some of the proportions uh, and perspectives look a little off at times, I, th- mm-hmm. I think, is a complaint. But I mean, as far as a traditional comic book layout and things that we've seen before that I've seen before when I've read The Boys, I mean, this is nothing really totally different than than what we've seen. So I don't really have a problem on the basis, but it's just not something that I'm super keen on. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's nice, but I mean, just there's these little things that kind of uh, turn it off for me.
1: I can definitely see that. I mean, it, especially since this book has always been about characters who are a little bit off. And even mm-hmm. if they look like Simon Pegg or even if they look like, you know, Michael Caine, they're a little more human and and thus a little ugly. Yeah. With the exception of Starlight, who always comes across as being almost a little Mary Sue in her portrayal. The characters are kind of funny looking, Mm -hmm. which is good. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I agree with you. The art, the proportions are a little bloopy. Yeah. is the only word I have for it. But overall, I'm happy with the art. I'm, I'm glad to see Derek back in, in a kind of a theoretical sense because it always kind of felt like dynamite pulled him off the book, even though he was the creator because he wasn't penciling fast enough. Right. And there was that whole schmageggy where he was like, oh, I've been pulled off my book. And Dynamite went, no, you haven't. And he went, okay, maybe I haven't. I don't know. And then nobody ever really explained what was going on. There was some behind the scenes stuff and stuff. Yeah. So I don't know what that's about.
0: For me, bottom line, Matthew, it's going to be, this is probably not going to be the ending that you want to read uh, for most people. Um, it was a rather big disappointment for me. And, um, I mean, there were some happy moments and there was certainly resolutions, but it really, really just felt like an epilogue that I don't know if we necessarily needed to have. Um, mm-hmm. and I really am going to give this a kind of a, a, a coupled with the art. I'm going to give this a middle of the road, two and a half stars for me.
1: I will definitely disagree with that, but as a un, you know a month over month reader, right? I think I'm a little bit more invested with it, and I feel like reading it, knowing what that this is where it fits in that chapter, does make a difference. It's a nice ending for me, and I think maybe I'm a little biased because it ends with Huey and Annie finally forgiving each other and going off to live a life of whatever they live. You know, they're not going to be happy all the time, I'm sure, because people get killed at the drop of a hat in this
0: mm-hmm, universe. Mm-hmm.
1: But I would say probably three and a half for me because of what it succeeds in doing. It wraps the story for everybody. Everybody gets something. This is a point where we know what happened to Huey. Most of the team is dead. We know what happens to Rainer. We find out what happens to Monkey, Mm -hmm. which, by the way, cracks me up. And uh, we find out where everybody ends up. There could be more boys' stories after this. I don't think there need to be. But there could be more stories with what happens with superhumans further down the line sure but most importantly it 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 puts an ending on it that fits the story that was being told right it's it's not the happiest of endings and it's not the most it's not the most solid of endings there's some some real ambiguity to it but that fits the story that they were telling and I think that thematically it really works with what Ennis has been doing on this book for the last six years
0: mm-hmm all right, there you go listeners. There is uh there's your look, your in-depth look at in-depth The Boys, look. number 72 from Major Spoilers starring Simon Pegg. Yeah, really. I mean, that's kind of the cool thing that uh that they continued with that look throughout the series and didn't do some subtle changes to kind of remove him away from that. Um <laughs> All right, everybody. You can head over to majorspoilers.com. You can share your thoughts on The Boys 72 if you picked it up this week from Dynamite Entertainment. Uh, it's a good read. I, I think people that uh, have been reading this forever, like Matthew said, will appreciate it. I think the casual reader, like me, may not uh, find it as interesting. Next week, mm. I do have no idea what we're looking at next week. I'm sure it'll be something fascinating. Uh, it, it, will should be be
1: something it should be something batman or something.
0: Well, we, well Batman 14 come, came out this week, so we really can't do that next week. Do we week.
1: have any Marvel Nows next week?
0: I don't know. Let me look here real quick. Um and for people who want to know, you can always head over to previewsworld.com. They have a um a section on upcoming releases and you can you certainly go in there and look and see what's coming out on November 21st during the Thanksgiving holiday. Uh DC Comics we got oh my god do we really need the 52 omnibus No that's the good one that's the one that I like I'll get that one yes, That one's 150 Yeah 150 bucks for that though Holy crap I don't know if I can afford yeah, I put that.
1: A bunch of that in the 50 cent bin this weekend.
0: Of the fi- of the 52 series.
1: Well 52 countdown to infinite oh, crisis Oh yeah well countdown to infinite else. crisis but
0: uh, that's terrible. Um Let's see there is no Batman next week. IDW Publishing has Dungeons and Dragons number five, Judge Dread number You're one. <laughs> hey, You're Threatening me. We could be reading we could be reading Danger Girl. Um,
1: could we? No? I read Danger Girl this weekend and didn't not hate it. Oh,
0: is that the G.I. Joe Danger Girl one? Yeah, G. I, I read Danger, the f- girl. I, I read the first issue of that and it was not it wasn't horrible. I just never found the time to finish reading the rest of the series. <laughs>
1: It wasn't not the worst thing that I've ever read. It was not the worst
0: thing that I've ever read. (laughs) Oh, you know what we have to do, though, in two months? What's
1: that? Amazing
0: Spider-Man 700, where they kill off Spider-Man. You know what? And replace him with Spider-Man 2099.
1: So that that Rob doesn't try and snake it from us, because (laughs) Rob will be like, I'm Rob, I want to review He
0: can't, because I won't open up the month uh, review until then. Uh, Marvel now. They have Iron Man 2 now. They have Journey into Mystery 646 you know what we now.
1: Should do? Hawkeye number four.
0: Ah, I've got to get caught up on that. All Hawkeye
1: right. number four. All right. That would be an awesome book. Let's do that.
0: All right, Hawkeye number four. Because I know you've Go been left. a big fan of this, and I think I think young yeah, Zach jumped on board of it, and everybody's saying good things about it. And I just <laughs> have not had the time to get in there and read it. So I will read all four issues by next week. And we will talk about Hawkeye number four next week on the Dueling Reviews, in-depth reviews of a specific comic. Why? Because we know that you love comics and we do, too. And we will talk with you soon. Major spoilers. It's copyright 2012.